This is Mapping Healthy Minds, a podcast that poses the question, we all have mental health, how's yours? I'm licensed marriage and family therapist, Justin Lewis, and your host. Over the next bit, I am going to be releasing some interviews I did with Compass therapists who are based in Owensboro. I did these interviews several months ago, uh, pre-societal unrest, pre-corona, it was different times. So I drove to Owensboro and set up a little mini recording area in Lindsay Lanham's office. So I thought it would only be fitting to start with her interview. Lindsay is a licensed professional counselor, and she also is the co-owner of Compass Counseling. She graduated with a master's degree in mental health counseling from Western Kentucky in 2008. She's been working directly with children, adolescents, and families since that time. Lindsay specializes in working with issues of trauma, crisis, grief, child and adolescent defiance, anxiety, and adjustment to life changes. Other areas of expertise include depression, mood disorders, and ADHD. Lindsay is skilled and has received training in dialectical behavior therapy, cognitive behavioral therapy, motivational interviewing, and reality therapy, among other additional interventions. Lindsay is dedicated to empowering youth and families to promote a life of health, hope, and growth. Lindsay also has uh, some interest in helping people with their life uh, balance, that is, home, work, personal life balance, and that's what we decided to talk about. So, Lindsay has some uh, experience in handling work life, both on the personal and professional side, and she was willing to talk about that with me. So, before we get into our interview, I wanted to tell you this information. That Mapping Healthy Minds podcast is sponsored by Compass Counseling. We all have mental health, and taking care of it can't wait. You can learn more about Compass Counseling or book an appointment online at www.compasscounseling.com. Compass offers online counseling and in-person counseling in Paducah, Henderson, and Owensboro, Kentucky. So, uh, here is my interview with Lindsay. So, what would you say that you learned as your, like, real life versus school? At one point, did you be like, all right, I know the school told me this, but here's real life. Gosh, I think real life is just about experience. I think I have to, like, be, I'm a, I learn by doing. So, like, when we're in the classroom and we're learning theory or mm-hmm. interventions, yes, I can take that knowledge but until I apply it and I use it and I, you know, like you have all these obstacles sometimes coming into session mm-hmm. that isn't, I mean, yes, they give us case studies and case reviews in, um, in school, sure. but in real life, when clients walk into the door, I could sit there and feel it. And sometimes, you know, like there was a lot of years in my first years of practice that I was like, I have no idea what I'm going to do in the next move. (laughs) Right. And then after some time, you know, and I feel like that that's what helps with super, you kind of get into a flow of, okay, this strategy builds on this strategy and this strategy and this intervention. And I can teach with my marker board as you have a marker board as well as I do. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And learning what works best, you know, like, 
and how to explain it. Absolutely. That's one thing that Ginger and, and I were of, talking uh, about is like being able to bring the theory into your brain and know how to, that your personality can present it. Yes. Is really key. And to explain it in a way that it's understood, whether it's a eight-year-old client, sure. 17 right. or 40-year-old yeah, exactly. client, mm-hmm. that they, they're like, oh, okay, I, I know I know how to use that. Because mm-hmm. just what you said about school and life, I feel like it's the same thing for clients when they sit here. Like, this is kind of sure. school. Yeah, uh, right. I'm giving you the technique. I'm, I'm telling you how to apply it. But then you have to go live it. Yeah, when you get into the wild and the therapist can't interrupt you and help you like I'm thinking couples kind of stuff like when you're off left to your own devices and the therapist can't pause your conversation (laughs) redirect you yes yeah there's a what did my training say right yeah exactly (laughs) yeah that's a that's a good point I always think that um being able to know the importance of rapport in real life is huge Mm -hmm. like it's given attention in gra- in grad school, I think. It's mm-hmm. not like it's totally lost, but just being able to be comfortable knowing that the most successful part of therapy is you're able to connect with your therapist like and really living into that and knowing what that means as a therapist with the client. Um, whenever I was able to grasp that, it made a huge impact on my effectiveness with clients, I think, instead of like walking in and being like okay, I've got some uh, cognitive behavioral therapy going on in my brain. I need to make sure I say this exactly correctly for these people sitting in front of me, you know, Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I remember that in school, too, is that they talked about the therapeutic alliance, the relationship. Mm -hmm. This is going to be, I think they threw out a number like 80%. Right, You know, they say that's 80% of of the outcome or the progress that your client makes is your direct relationship Mm -hmm. with a client. But it's hard to conceptualize what that even means. Right. You know, you can talk about therapeutic alliance, and it's like, oh, okay. But then, like, what does that look like? Being able to figure out what that looks like and what – that is 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 and I think what it feels like you know when we sit down in session with a client like it's not something that I can measure with numbers it's like a feeling that I get in the dialogue and the rapport that's going on inside of the counseling office Mm -hmm. yeah I think that is something you can only get through experience because you can call it therapeutic alliance or you can call it building rapport but it's like you can only give so many examples of did you find the office okay and Yeah, exactly. There's only so much of that that I mean, you can't like say figuring out what their sense of humor is, Mm -hmm. you know, that kind of stuff. Yes, and that makes such a huge difference in being able to communicate concepts and ideas. And yeah, and I think just transparency. You know, like I try to introduce early on that if if we're having a dialogue or if I'm using a term or a word that doesn't fit for you, Mm -hmm. like let's talk about it. Right, you know, like. I've had clients say, ooh, no, like, um, that word doesn't mean the same thing to me. Yeah, And, you know, sure. then we talk yeah. about the meaning of that. So I feel like it, the more transparent I can be that says, I don't get it right every time, and mm-hmm. I know that, and I'm okay with that. Um, but as long as I'm getting that feedback, then that makes it much easier mm-hmm. to move forward. Yeah. Yeah, being able to join with the client is huge. Let's talk about something that it seems to be a topic of conversation that you have with your clients often, and that is, um, we've been wondering how to phrase this, but it's kind of a, a work-life balance, mm-hmm. and um, we can talk about men and women, but 
ladies first in my southern sensibility mannerly way of approaching things we'll go we'll go ladies first so um, as far as what you think of when you think of the importance of work-life balance in the female perspective um, can you talk a little bit about how you might define that see some of the challenges that may be different for females than men um, something like that yeah absolutely I think too in how we define it is very individual Um, You know, we place a value on work and life and the different aspects of life that we feel are important. And I don't know that I meet with any two women or two clients that those are exactly the same. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. I feel like a lot of times that we, you know, as a society have expectations that this much time has to go here or this much time has to go here or that something's inefficient or that we're not measuring up to what society says and we know too with social media oh yeah you know we always paint the best picture put the best foot forward and so it may look like a lot of families are doing really well putting their time in Mm -hmm. or even in careers and professionally like yeah you know growing going the distance making tons of change but typically we just see the positive side we don't see all the like blood sweat and tears of that true. Yeah. um Very so i true. think we can be quick to make comparisons comparisons is huge problem it's always been like there's nothing new under the sun however it's so much easier or mm-hmm. more cha- like easier to make the mistake i guess is what i'm saying to compare than it right. ever was before right. social media so it's, i think we're comparing ourselves to like other moms that we see at, mm-hmm. you know in the in the pickup lines or at school and you know yeah, how much right. volunteering they're doing what what should i expect of myself sure. am i doing enough right you know right, and right. that and that should word comes up i talk to clients mm. a lot about what does should mean who who said when when they say should okay who says <laughs> Who said that? Yeah, right, you know, is that exactly. is that a is that a message you got from your childhood? Is that a message you got from your parenting? Mm-hmm. Um, is this something that society says? You yeah. know, where did that come from, and what what's important to you? Yeah, exactly. Don't should on yourself. Yes, what one person has said before. <laughs> yes, I've used <laughs> that, that so several times. <laughs> that is uh, that is so true. Mm-hmm. We can easily fall into that and compare someone else's best to our worst Mm -hmm. obviously that's going to be a problem one thing that i heard recently as a specific challenge for women i think is a working woman at least is that there's guilt in going to work because you're not at home with your kid and then there's some sort of guilt or shame in staying home because you're not a working person mm-hmm. is that I, I'm not a woman so I can't comment on that specifically <laughs> yeah. but is that well I think true? I think I know this on several levels I know this personally um you know through through my friends and my peers I think I know this professionally from the clients that and the work that I do but I think I know that personally as well like feeling that pull like am I giving enough here am I giving enough here mm-hmm. and I think you know what it comes down to is what I want you know, like I have to know what I want first. Mm. What am I, what am I going to be happy with at mm-hmm. the end of the day? How much time do I need to put here? And then. So it's like, who it has, am I answering to? Right. In right. Society. Yeah. Uh, am sure. I trying to answer to what some vague I society want? or what, what's going to work for me? Right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And then being really intentional about putting that in, you know, I know we have to have flexibility. I can't block out every hour of my day. Mm-hmm. Something's going to be disrupted. 
But if I can be as intentional, intentional as possible to like plan dates with my kids or to plan dates with my spouse, um, to say, ooh, I've really got to block off some time Friday to work on these notes or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it is. And then I feel like at the end of the day, I can be okay with the time that I put in in either or, you know, and not, yeah, sure. not carry that guilt. And yeah. checking it, you know, when it comes up, like when a guilt feeling comes up, I'm like, okay, where does that come from? Mm. Is that a message for me to say that I'm not, you know, being intentional with my time or that I'm not putting it where I should? Mm-hmm. Or is that, where is that message coming mm-hmm. from? Where is that feeling coming from? Or is that me comparing or trying to meet a standard that's not one that you've valued? Yeah, right. someone else's values, yes. basically. Yeah, is yeah. this mine? Right. Yeah. So what you what you were talking about, basically, without saying the famous buzzword, was boundaries. I think. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I feel like if I say boundaries one more time in my clinical life or my personal yeah. life, I'm like, gosh. Right. I feel like it's overdone, but I don't think that it can be said enough. Sure. Because I think you have to, for one, you have to know what you want. I talk to mm-hmm. clients about this. You can't set a boundary unless you know you know right. what you yeah. want. So I have to know what I want. Mm-hmm. I have to set boundaries. I have to know what those are. And then I have to communicate those boundaries mm-hmm. with others. Uh, and then so. the hardest step is enforcing them, right? Oh, absolutely. Like you can say you have a boundary all day long. Like I could say all day long, like, <laughs> all right, I'm not scheduling a six o'clock appointment anymore. Mm-hmm. But then like, it's not a boundary until I have to tell someone, no, I'm not scheduling you at six o'clock. Yes, yes. <laughs> and I have, I have. Uh, clients track that this and I do it for myself but how many times did you say yes when you meant no mm-hmm. you do great. have clients track it uh, absolutely oh that's great yeah and then they bring it back to session oh that's and fantastic like, and I'm like how did you know what was the feeling mm-hmm. that you got what were you telling yourself like yeah. how many times did you say yes when you meant no oh that's great how does that how does that play out usually for the clients? It's interesting. I think it just causes a lot of self reflection from mm-hmm. week to week or however long you know we're going between visits. Um, it causes them to do some introspection and say, okay, wh- are the decisions I'm making for me or is this for somebody else? What mm-hmm. do I value and what do I want? Uh, so I think it's just a good way for us to check ourselves. Yeah, uh, and then I love that. what's the obstacle? Like, if I am sure. saying yes, what's the barrier to saying yeah, no? Yeah, like, right. like what's why is that? Like, mm-hmm. what makes that difficult for me? And usually, I see it in like personal boundaries. Mm. I find that people tend to set professional boundaries a little bit better, mm-hmm. but when it's personal, when I have to say no to mom, <laughs> or I have to say no to brother, yeah. or you know, like that can yeah. be really tough. Right. Hmm. So is that uh, an effective intervention? People respond to that pretty well? I think having to so. take inventory and look back and say, oh, okay. Yeah, Whoops. yeah. I think the feedback is usually positive. Um, they may not like how many times they had to report. <laughs> but they say, yeah. You know, it's like, ooh, gosh. Yeah. Uh, but I think it, it, it causes you to, to think about it, and then therefore you can, you can be more attentive to change. Yeah. Yeah, that's... That's a great way to do that, I think, is just to, instead of calling somebody out, just say, let's look at the evidence. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. not about it's not about how many times you felt like this happened. It's, what are the facts? They're right here in front of us. Five times, you said. Yep. Yes versus no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, okay. 
That's a really good intervention. I'm taking that and stealing it and okay. putting it in my toolbox. You can have it. <laughs> I probably stole it from someone else. I don't even remember. I've been using it a long time. That's the way it goes, isn't it? Things just kind of evolve into working for us how they work for us. Okay, so um, so that's sort of some of the things that you see. We started off with the, how, it, how it works with women. Some. Um, are there any other things that you see specifically when you're working with women who have a hard time managing and balancing certain parts of life? I feel like, and I don't know if this is a little off track, but this is something that happens often um, with clients and not specifically around work-life balance, but just mental health and overall, like in how we're functioning, mm-hmm. is making sure that we are getting good sleep, mm-hmm. good nutrition, that we're having activity. Yeah. Um, is self-care the new boundaries? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it's, yeah. the, it's taken over as the buzzword for boundaries, basically. I think so. and Because yeah. I, I think that people throw up, especially as a mom, like when you when you wear the hat or the role as mom, it's a very selfless role. Yeah. It's a very selfless role from, yeah. sure. you know, conception on. Um, so I think that it's hard to transition away from that as you know your kiddos may grow and have more independence and i can take a little that bit of that back Mm -hmm. and then we as moms almost feel guilty Mm -hmm. um because we should be more selfless Mm -hmm. or is this is setting this boundary being selfish yeah you know right and i think sometimes spiritually that comes up like Mm -hmm. i should be giving here yeah right right um I, I can't say no. I, I need to help. I need to give. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think we have to look at when that's impacting us to the point that we're not taking care of ourselves. Then right. we have to look at, okay, is this selfishness or is this just protecting ourselves? Mm-hmm. Yes. And it's self-care is a topic that at some point has come up in um, several of these episodes now. And I always feel the need to give it some sort of definition because um, oftentimes I think people just go straight to self-care is, um, I don't know, putting cucumbers on my eyes and getting my nails done and mm-hmm. going to a movie <laughs> or whatever, you know, all that kind of like really just treat yourself kind of stuff, you know, right. or go bu- going to buy myself a, a new something. Um, but that's really not what therapists mean by self-care. No. It's more about finding those healthy rhythms in your life of I need to do this part of my life it may not be fun but it's a responsibility and I need to make sure I do this and then I also need to make sure that I do this take time for myself to not be around other people that's valuable (laughs) yes um so it's not everything is just about like making yourself feel good as much as it is making sure that all parts of your life are covered um without depending on someone else to motivate you to do it or losing track of it or something like that. Would you would you add anything to the self-care definition? No, I, I mean, I think you're right on with that. And the same with the self-care kind of tagline. It's like, okay, is that another thing that's been overdone, like the boundaries? Sure. But yeah. it's so, so important. Mm-hmm. I see so many people come in that are underslept, that aren't paying attention to their nutrition, that aren't 
living like active lifestyles mm-hmm. or also that they haven't been to a primary care physician in years they've they've not had their labs right. done you know? physically yeah taking care yeah of, so yeah. they're vitamin d deficient they're right. you know their iron is low yeah. like all of this i can't see yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> right. plays into how you're feeling like mm-hmm. i'm not saying that that's going to resolve everything that's happening but if we can pay attention to those things first and get those under control you know your success and your outcomes mm-hmm. you know should be that should kind of pave the way for us to get started absolutely 100 percent agree on that so um let's see work-life balance some say that there's not truly a way to separate work and home life it's just about being able to appropriately do what you need to do all the time mm-hmm I don't know how to to say that better, but I remember reading about this actually recently. Um, One of those big dog um, performers, you know, entrepreneurs or something, the one that everybody tries, you know, how they, we all try to copy these big dog entrepreneurs. Like if I wear the same shirt every day, I'm going to be successful or something. Uh Right, right. Like that's, yeah, like that's their key to success is Mm -hmm. their outfit. Mm -hmm. But anyways, um, it was something about how they saw life is you know it's not like okay i'm going home no more thinking about work or i'm going to work there's no thinking about home but it's somehow being able to because it their argument is that our minds just don't work that way Um, would you agree with that kind of thought process it's really hard to just turn off one way or the other i kind of love that you say that because i think it requires a lot of mindfulness so when you do any type of meditation, we're hitting or, all the buzzwords today, aren't we? Right? Yes. <laughs> yes. Mindfulness. That's Boundary, self care, and mindfulness. Yes. Yeah. We That's got all it. you need. Got the trifecta. You, yeah. Yes. If you have those, <laughs> right. then you're covered. You're <laughs> I'm working myself out of a job. <laughs> uh, but yeah. So like, just like you know, that that obviously happens to me here. You know, like even mm. if I'm trying to be intentional, like I told you, it's like, oh, I I know right. I need to put time in at home there's going to be something that comes in and I can either like let it come in and yes, I need to address it or I can let it go and come back sure. to it. Whether mm-hmm. that be taking, you know, I take note cards at home cause something, you know, I'll okay. be, you know, laying there and something from work will come in. Well, I don't have time to address it right now because I'm painting with my right. child or we're playing a game okay, and that's it's, great. it's not a good time for it to come in, but I don't want to forget it. So I'll note it. And I can come back to it later or during my intentional time. Okay. Yeah, that's great. Uh, if that makes sense. So I no, feel like fantastic. it kind of works that way. Like with mindfulness is just, okay, I can let it come in. And do I need to address this right now? Like, what does that mean? Is that going to take away from somewhere else? Or, you know, or can I table that for a little bit yeah, later? Yeah, that's, that's a great example of how we can't, like, just think that our you brains are going to be a machine. It off, yeah, it's you know? not the way that that works. We're going to have mm-hmm. ideas or going to whatever remember that we were supposed to do something or what you know however that goes but mm-hmm. we may not be able to directly address it but you can write down what you need to do and yes whenever you're in your assigned time to do work <laughs> right when you can yes it's when that boundary piece comes in isn't it yeah mm-hmm. yeah absolutely i think self-doubt's the same way uh you know i work with quite a bit of self-doubt thinking and you know what comes with that and I have clients that maybe I've worked with for quite a bit of time and they're like these thoughts they still come and I'm like I don't know that there's a way to shut those off forever Mm -hmm. right those will continue to come yeah that's but as they come we make sense of them 
and you know we can mm-hmm. rewrite the story or you know whatever you know strategy we use to make ourselves have more peace with the thought or sure. say oop nope that's not true yeah um and so that it moves on so i think that that you know kind of works mm-hmm. in a similar way it's uh all about those expectations uh setting up for success right, right. like kind of what you we started with here shoulds like who's setting the rules here like yeah. who's setting the goals about what is going to work and what is not going to work if we're setting unrealistic goals then we're just going to be really frustrated all the time so mm-hmm. if we acknowledge what the problem is and we just need to know a way to manage it we're going to more likely find success in that balance instead of just being like I just think about work when I'm at home I'm failing right <laughs> you know well I'm just you- a bad spouse or a parent or I'm thinking about work and I'm supposed to be Mm -hmm. um, talking about you know something else with my family member and then you you just think if you don't if you don't shut your brain off and completely separate yourself then you're failing and that's just going to perpetuate this bad home life right Mm -hmm. so um, knowing what is realistic and what is not realistic I think is key for that right and you said a couple things that made me think you said Balance, you know, balance is so important, uh, and I think it can be tough for men and women this mm-hmm. day. You know, we we talk about society and expectations. Well, our kid has to be in this amount of sports, and yeah. they have to train every day, and <laughs> you know, all of these things. So it's like, gosh, how do you do it all? And also, like talking to so many people that won't ask for help, mm-hmm. and you know, trying to get over that barrier if that's what it is, yeah. like. Like, what's the message that you tell yourself if you do have to ask for help or if you have to take a little bit of medication? Yeah, right. You know, like, let's not suffer too long before we ask somebody for help. You know, people come Mm -hmm. in probably for you, too. And I'm like, gosh, you know, how long has this been going on for you? Mm -hmm. Oh, years. Yeah. Years. Have you ever talked to anybody about it? No. I'm like, gosh, that's a long time (laughs) to carry that. To carry that alone, sure, too, before absolutely. you, you know, you share it with somebody else and it gets lighter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's a good point. So really coming in to talk to a therapist, I personally think, I mean, I'm biased. I think we can always use that. But um, one point that I don't believe people think of a lot is... Um, like life transitions. Mm-hmm. So maybe whenever someone gets a new job, right? And you're like, well, how's this going to affect my life at home? Or how's this going to affect the way that our life rhythm goes? Perfect time to talk to a therapist about how that might play out and what kind of strategies you can use. Um, seems like a good time to to use a therapist because, um, you know, our whole concept here is that we all have mental health and um, taking care of it at one point or another Mm -hmm. in whatever way we need to do that is important and there's no shame in it. So I think that's, um, you know, a good way to to get a boost, get some coaching maybe and just kind of set up, set yourself up for success. Yeah, absolutely. Because we all have those changes, whether it be marriage or parenthood or, Mm -hmm. as you mentioned, career changes and mm-hmm. transitions you know that's gonna that's gonna come up for us and it can be a struggle yeah uh, if we're trying to do it by ourselves for sure so if you were going to tell somebody one thing about this um what would that be i think the important thing is that it has to fit for you 
Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't matter. There's no one, it, one thing to do. It, there's you know? no one mm-hmm. size fits all. There's no right way. You know, there's a, there's a spectrum of mm-hmm. all things. Um, you know, and we live wherever we live on that spectrum. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, work-life balance is the, is the same thing. It's mm-hmm. like, what do I value? What do I think is important? And then putting mm-hmm. my time there. So it doesn't all have to fit exactly the way my, my parents did it. Sure. Or my best friend is doing it. Or right. the way my colleagues are doing it. But what can I live with at the end of the day? What what can I carry with me and not look back and be like, gosh, I wish I'd have really put more time here. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's It's uh, just a a way to live with fewer regrets, I think. Well, thank you so much for joining me today and letting me hang out in your office and record some interviews. I appreciate that. Absolutely. We've enjoyed it. Thank you for listening to this episode of Mapping Healthy Minds. I'm your host, Justin Lewis. If you like this episode, you may be glad to know that there are other episodes out on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, so subscribe, and if you really enjoyed it, give us a rating. We'd appreciate that, and it is a way for us to reach more people. Another way for us to share our message is just through good old-fashioned word of mouth. So um, if you can tell your friends, uh, tell your family about this, we would love to be able to to um, give this resource to them as well. For those of you who use social media, you can follow us on Facebook and on Instagram. Also, this podcast is brought to you by Compass Counseling. We all have mental health, and taking care of it cannot wait. You can learn more about Compass Counseling or book an appointment online at www.compasscounseling.com. Compass offers online counseling and in-person counseling in Paducah, Henderson, and Owensboro, Kentucky. And that's not all. This month, uh, the listeners get a free resource. So Compass has offered to all our listeners a free copy of the ebook 10 Questions to Ask Before Starting Counseling. And you can get your copy today by clicking on the link that will be found in the show notes. So thanks again to Lindsay, and until next time, remember, we all have mental health. How's yours?